Yes, it doesn't even seem real, but it is that time again. In this fantasy football season, and the legend of boom fantasy football, we had our draft yesterday. It is the 26th today. It's Thursday, but the annual 25th draft was held yesterday. And once again, a big thank you to the Fleming residents. As I said in the last fucking, uh, you know, um, last year's episode, I said, Thanks to the Fleming residents for hell of having us over during a pandemic. And I mean, I guess it still stands now. But uh, yeah, and thanks to Neller for cooking and, you know, having everyone over and Clark for setting the whole thing up. Uh, we didn't have Sandy and Knack there this year, and we uh, still made it actually pretty easy. We had a little sleeper app going and everything, the Zoom call. So it worked out, and the boys the boys made it work again. So that's always good. Doesn't even seem real, the fantasy's here right now. Um, but yeah, like everyone's got the damn teams drafted. We've had a night to pretty much sleep on everything and, you know, look more into everyone's teams and our teams too. I think, uh, it's always hard to rank teams right after the draft, obviously, but, um, I wasn't just going to sit here and stress over it. Like if you're like, you know, like it's really neck and neck as usual, but like the eighth place sorry eighth place team could definitely have you know the same type of upside or same type of skill as the fourth place team but it's just so close like all these teams are close and I'm not about to be sitting here for an hour trying to pick between two teams right like I'm not going to be like on my deathbed one day dying with an hour to live my family's around me and I'm like just like holy fuck I wish I had an extra hour with you guys but you know what I actually spent it trying to fucking figure out between Legro and Moose who had the fucking better receivers no, like, I'm not about to fucking, you know, you know what I mean? So don't take it to heart. Uh, <laughs> please don't take anything to heart on this fucking shit, man. It's fantasy. Please don't hurt it. Don't hate me. This is, uh, but I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to look at your, I look at every team on this shit, and I don't even try to um, look into, like, I don't even really look at the name of the team, because I have to say whose team it is, obviously. But, like, in terms of looking at the roster, just give you my honest opinion of it, of, like, what I think. It's got nothing to do with any of that, because if it was, I'd probably fucking place myself, like, top three every year, because we usually feel pretty good about the boys coming out, and, and you know what happens to the cats. But, you know, that's a little intro, but um, I looked into last year's episode, and I guess what I did, I went through all the position rankings first, which I usually only do right after the draft, and then I'll do, you know, as tough as you can do power rankings after the draft you're gonna have to I'm gonna I did my best to rank the teams so um and then the next episode after this will probably be the Tuesday or Wednesday uh heading into uh week one so there'll be a couple week break but it's definitely going to be important to keep an eye on your guys for preseason week three something a little scary like I mean Bills are playing a bunch of starters you know in week three of the preseason so I mean obviously you need to get a little bit of work in but you always want to you don't want any injuries so um I guess we're gonna have to get into these rankings it was obviously tough and it was close but uh we're gonna start with a little bit of an irrelevant position again but hey the tight ends brother you gotta show them a little bit of love but you know how it is I mean, I'm not going to go uh, rank the tight ends on every team 12 to 1. I'm just going to go through some of the teams that I saw actually had um, uh, tight ends that I thought, you know, like they're actually like probably uh, 
better than other tight ends in the league and like important tight ends because I mean I may I may mention like the top end ones if we're going through like receivers because some of them should really be considered like that but I guess it's just kind of how some people prefer to look at it so I'll mention it there too but um in terms of like just tight ends there's definitely some teams that I thought like you know uh have I guess tight ends that you can rely on I mean I wouldn't even say you could play them uh consistently at flex but it's worth like it's an it's an option there you know like I don't think you would always just be like a uh undoubtedly like oh this is my flex but like you know he's an option that you can have and you can have him there and I mean this is really not exactly in a particular order it's just kind of teams I saw that have tight ends that I mean they actually could probably be somewhat fantasy relevant for them and I mean that's not to say like Kelsey like Legro first team I mean yeah Kelsey is more than you know your regular tight end but then in terms of like other he's got John Smith I mean the Patriots gave him that money you figure that's going to be somewhat of an indicator of how they want to use him in the offense but there's also Hunter Henry there also like who probably will uh you know obviously bite into the workload and target share that John Smith gets and I mean he also has Zach Ertz and I mean I'm not exactly sure on the percentage of Zach Ertz getting dealt but if he does he could land in a situation where he could actually be like fantasy relevant and I mean Jalen Hurts does love his tight ends so him and Goddard obviously get looks in camp so it's actually like a pretty good group of tight ends there that Legro has if he wants to go that route. And then next I had Ben, and I really like Ben's uh, tight ends because obviously he has George Kittle. I think uh, Kittle is honestly a guy who probably going to get the most targets. Like if he stays healthy, like he's going to probably get the most targets if he's out there fucking running routes. Uh, Ayuk probably has a shot at that too, but Kittle is just a straight monster in the fucking like passing game, like just crazy speed at tight end and everything. But not just that, like, he's got Evan Ingram and Noah Fant on the bench. Um, I'm not huge on Ingram anymore. I think, I've, you know, like, he's not terrible because there's just the tight end position's not that really, you know, heavy in, like, the middle ends. But, uh, like, Noah Fant, I actually think, is a good pick, too, because, you know, if there is a tight end that you want that's athletic, Ingram and Fant are two of the guys you probably want on your team. They're more of a vertical threat than anything. So I definitely like that. And then next we had Trunz, and I mean, I really liked what Trunz had because Mark Andrews was a guy I was really set out to get. I wanted him really bad. I think he's just the, the main passing attraction in that Ravens offense that you want. And then you have Jared Cook, who I think is actually really underrated on the bench. Like that is, you know, top tight end in a pretty vertical offense when it comes to uh, the Chargers. And I think like, Jared Cook was really underrated, like, option at tight end. Probably a guy you could have even waited on to where Trent's got him, and he could have been starting tight end in this, right? Another thing I wanted to mention, Knack got Blake Jarwin, and he got a piece of that, you know, Cowboys offense. Well, it's not the most uh, lucrative and nice tight end. I mean, he didn't even draft a tight end, and that was the type of guy he could have got on FA. So that's always something to think about going into next year. At least I thought about it. It's like, I, you know, I maybe picked – um tight end in a round where I could have got someone else I wanted and you know there's a tight end still there in FA for me if I really really needed it I don't need to draft one but I guess it depends how much you really value that position um 
And then, I mean, you have to really look at Rich's tight ends, obviously. He's got Darren Waller. So, I mean, like, right there, that's another guy who you could literally call a wide receiver one on his offense. And, I mean, also Adam Troutman. I mean, they're saying the injury is probably not that serious. And he was a guy I was pretty high on going into the season in that in that offense for the Saints. So, I mean, yeah, those are definitely, like, guys who could, you know, Troutman, I think, down the road, could def- if he's healthy, he could definitely start, like, garnering some interest and maybe get in as flex or if Waller's on by, like, that's a really good fill-in. Uh, BG, I think you just have to mention BG because he took that swing on Pitts, and I think, like, everyone really wants to see how Pitts is used. I think, like, is this guy wide receiver too? I just don't think you spend a fourth overall pick on a tight end if you don't plan on using him as a receiver, like, in terms of how everyone speaks of Pitts and this generational talent, which he is, in, in terms of athleticism and this size and everything. I, he's not as good of a blocker, like, near as good. So I definitely think the Falcons are going to use him in um, – a Julio Jones type role. I think he's really the jump ball type of guy on that offense, like if it's going to come down to it. And he's a specimen. So I think everyone really wants to see just in general how Pitts plays because he's going to be exciting to watch. But I think BG, especially because of where he picked him in the draft, he's like, well, this motherfucker better pan out. And I mean, I think like that's kind of how the fucking Falcons mindset better be with some of the guys they also passed on. So next, then we had Furley, and I decided to throw Furley in as a team that I thought was solid because Hawkinson was a guy who I think is right there with Mark Andrews in terms of value. Like, he's just, like, the wide receivers in Detroit are, are like, at least Baltimore has, like, some decent receivers. Not the, really the case in Detroit. Like, um, wide receiver ones, like, Tyrell Williams, maybe, and then you got Amonra St. Brown, who's been making flashes, but he's a rookie. Like, we haven't really seen him play. So, you know, it's just really fucking ugly there. And But Hawkinson is that one guy. He's a tight end on a team with Jared Goff, at quarterback, who's going to be fucking losing every game. So, I mean, that's definitely a guy who I think is going to outperform where for early got him in the draft in terms of value. And then he has Gronk on the bench and got Gronk super late. And, I mean, Gronk was tight end eight last year, man. And, I mean, yeah, you think O.J. Howard's coming back. But, I mean, I just it doesn't really, to me, make much of a difference. I think it's just Gronk and Brady, you know. So, I mean, as long as Brady's playing, I think Gronk has absolute value. Just in terms of the trust Brady has in him. And, I mean, Gronk is still athletic, man. I mean, sure, sometimes he looks like he's literally slow as piss. But the guy still wins jump balls and... He's still hard to bring down. So, I mean, I really like the fact, because I even think you could even plug in Gronk if you're des- ever really desperate on a bye week and you need a flex. Nothing wrong at all with Gronk. And, you know, if, you know, for some reason, Hawkinson actually is still banged up because I think he has. And, yeah, he's like got this AC joint issue in his shoulder. That actually came out yesterday. Yesterday night that came out. Hmm. I'm just reading into it now. But, um, yeah, anyways, it's just tight ends. I'm not going to really care about that too much. But those are some guys that I think, like, they did they did a good job. And, I mean, I'm even going to include Knack in there because he didn't even fucking draft a tight end, but he still got one that's startable in our league, by my opinion, and there's still other ones out there. So, I mean, it's definitely something. Seeing that made me possibly open my eyes for next year, like, truly. Um... No, I mean, I don't even think I have a second. Oh, yeah, I've I've got actually three tight ends on the roster right now. We got Robert Tanyan, 
or Tunyon, Big Bob. And, I mean, I picked him in a round where I think there was other guys I would have rather have, but I was just like, hey, I kind of need a tight end. But if I was going to be able to get somebody who I was okay with starting a tight end just without drafting one, I would have done that, undoubtedly. And then we got Hooper and Eric Ebron on the bench. So, I mean, it's, like, not exactly, like, a fucking guys you're going to ever want to start, but it's just, it's just there for now. But I think the next position I want to get into will be the quarterbacks. Well, in fantasy, it's not really everyone's favorite position, you know, because there's running backs and receivers, but it's my favorite position because I fucking love quarterbacks. Everybody knows the man's likes quarterbacks. I don't like drafting them high, but the position in general, I just really fucking love. Um, I think quarterbacks actually, <clears throat> sure, they're like valued semi-high, but Oddly enough, I think you see in a lot of mock drafts in the standard leagues with the standard types of rosters and roster limits, quarterbacks actually can hit in round two. So even though in our league they get more points than running backs and receivers, they go later than than the ADP you would see in an actual standard league. Like first quarterback to go, I think was was a third round or fourth round. I have I, I don't exactly know. But still about a round later than they start in, you know, some of these other mocks you see. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something uh, that I found interesting because quarterbacks, you know, they, as I was looking on this, they're a difference maker if you get two fucking elite ones. Like, really good quarterbacks, as much as sometimes you have to reach and hurt yourself somewhere else, sometimes that quarterback position is just what saves you. And makes up for your lack of an RB3, you know. But we'll get into it. Um, obviously, I shouldn't have to put this disclaimer before every position. And I'm going to be like a broken record. Um, it's close, man. There's a lot, It's close. I don't really have a, like a high preference. I think there's like a couple teams. Like pretty much only like one team that I think is like a head above the rest. Head and shoulders above the rest. But I think other than that, man, it's like. Pick, pick your poison. I kind of tried to value depth a bit too. Like if you only have two quarterbacks, like I know you can easily trade for one and whatnot. But as of right now, you know, I'm just going to go with the guy who has more quarterbacks and also has guys of the same range, you know. I also looked into last year's rankings and tried to balance everything out, but it's really close. But we're going to start at number 12. And this one, honestly, I'm not even comfortable with having him at fucking 12. But it's Clark. Clark only has two QBs on the roster. He has Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan. Um, I'm actually kind of still a little nervous about Dak. I mean, I don't even know what the fuck's going on there, man. We just have to wait and see when he plays. And hopefully when he plays, that'll alleviate all fears. But till then, it's still a little iffy. Like, it's he's still a QB1 if he's fucking playing. But we're a little unsure on that right now. Matt Ryan is actually in a team probably going to be trailing. And it's a pass-friendly offense. Um, I don't really have anything wrong with that. He's a pretty solid QB. But I do think, like, losing Julio might hurt a bit. And I think if there was any season, I were to expect Matt Ryan to start regressing. I honestly think, like, there's a good chance this year it could be the year. Easily not. There's still two good quarterbacks in fantasy. I personally wouldn't have a problem with either of them on my team starting. I'm a little nervous about Dak. But that's just because I think there's a lot of uncertainty there, and I think anyone would be nervous about that. So that's why he's there. 11, I put Neil. Um, I thought 
like, don't get me wrong. I think Tua makes a leap this year, but I still think there's other guys there I would have still taken over Tua. And Baker is actually, like, not bad. He picked it up down the stretch. But the problem is, I mean, it's the same thing every year. It seems like every time fucking Odell appears back in his fucking offense, Baker's fantasy numbers, like, as you look it up, it's just ridiculous. He's, it's just, they just dwindle down. I'm not saying that Odell's, you know, just not fucking it. But, I mean, for some odd reason, Baker Mayfield's not a good fantasy quarterback with Odell Beckham in the fucking lineup. Like, he's just not. I still love Baker. Baker's my boy. Everybody knows that. But I do think that, like, you know, to an extent there, I think Tua was a reach. And I think there was other guys I would have maybe taken there from Neller. But if that's your guy and he wanted the Tua and Waddle stack, that's solid, I guess. And, I mean, he does also have Big Ben on his bench. And I think, like, that's kind of underrated because Big Ben, man, they said he's taken up. said that motherfucker's taking his health seriously. And he came into camp and he wasn't like 350 pounds. So like that's a good sign that maybe some reports are somewhat true. But it's almost the same shit we hear every year. There's always like that one thing you hear every year, right? It's like, oh, uh, fucking Big Ben is looking nice and fucking thin. Or uh, Aaron Rodgers is fucking jerking off to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Like, Man, it's the same shit every year, and we've been here, and we've done that, and we pretty much know by now on some of the things. But I actually do believe that Ben will be better this year. So it's not a knock. I would also take these QBs on my team, right? Because I'm the type of guy who will go with, if I have to go with two like mid- to low-tier QBs, I will. This year, we didn't really go that route, but something I'm I'm fine with. I really hope nobody can hear that fucking drill downstairs, because that's just going to sound absolutely dust. Um, 10, this one might come as a surprise because I think it was the only person in the league who kept a quarterback and it's Truns. I think Herbert actually has a lot of fucking, like he can easily make a huge jump, but I also think there's a good chance that he has a similar season, which isn't bad. Like he was like right inside the top 10. Um, and then Fitzpatrick is in an offense where he's going to be throwing the ball, like, you know, a lot they'll probably also be trailing. But at the same time, will they? Because that defense is really fucking good. They have an improved O-line. They have Antonio Gibson. And, I mean, Fitz is definitely, I mean, I'd say he's probably better than Dwayner and Kyle Allen. So, I mean, they there's definitely improvement there. But I think just the thing that made me put Truns at 10 was, the like, there's no third quarterback. So, really, that's the only difference there for me. But they're both quarterbacks that, um, honestly, for me, I think Fitzpatrick is more of a bench quarterback right now for me who you would want as, like, a bi-week fill-in. But if it just didn't work that way for you in the draft and he's a guy, you, at least you have two quarterbacks. You can wait until you need to make that deal. But just because it's so close, that's obviously what I'm going to have to go with right there. And next on the list at number eight, we have BG. And pretty much, I actually like BG's quarterbacks. So I think Trey Lance will win the job soon. Once that happens, BG has like top top three quarterbacks uh, just for the running aspect alone. I think Hertz is like, like going to be obviously just moving in. There was a crazy stat I actually saw, and now I can't remember it. There was like a... Uh, 
five games in the history of the NFL where a rookie quarterback had 300 passing yards and 60 rushing yards. And out of those five games, Jalen Hurts was two of them. And the other ones, I think there was a couple ones from like way back. One was Russell Wilson and the other one was Michael Vick, I think. And then Jalen Hurts was two of those games. So that's kind of impressive for his rookie season, especially with what he had out there for him. So <clears throat> he's a good QB. As long as Jimmy G's playing, though, like he's kind of a low-end QB. He's not the best. You really want Trey Lance to take over ASAP if you're BG. And then, honestly, he's this low just because there is no third quarterback there because, I mean, he had to also go with Lance and Jimmy G, which is really the only choice he had there. But, you know, there's pretty much no way around that. That's pretty much my reasoning for having some of these guys lower. It's just no third quarterback because it's pretty damn close. Um, and then next we have at eight, we have Ben. And I thought Ben actually did a pretty good job because he grabbed Tannehill, who I still think is a QB one. Like he's really underrated in fantasy. He was also at like top 10. Actually, he was number 10 last year. Um, and then Derek Carr is always just a steady quarterback. He was quarterback 13 last year, and he actually had a lot of performances where he was over 40 points, like over about half his games. So like he was like like pretty heavily underrated to be honest and then you pick up Carson Wentz who actually looks good and apparently his foot looks fine and everything and he looks like he's definitely going to be the starter week one and he's in that Frank Reich offense again I think everyone's excited to see how he looks so I think like overall those are three guys you can you know and even their plug and play even like you can pick between um Derek Carr and Wentz some weeks or uh, fuck, I already forgot the other guy because I clicked off his team, Tannehill. Tannehill will probably be in there most, but I like how at least there's that third quarterback there and the buys are all different, so he did good. And next, at number seven, we have Legro. And I mean, honestly, my reasoning for this is pretty much at the fact that he did smart when he picked up Tyrod and Davis Mills because there is a good chance that just... I think my man's Deshaun is innocent, but he's probably not fucking trained. I mean, he probably isn't fucking innocent, let's be real, but he's also not fucking playing this year. Um, but at least he has that third quarterback. Burrow, when he played last year, looked good. I know there's a lot of concerns with how he looks on that knee. I think when we watch him in this preseason game this week, that'll answer some questions. But um, I love Stafford on the Rams. Like, I literally think that is just... Uh, that's a QB one to me. I mean, I don't know. That's I, I. I'm really high on Stafford. I know some people aren't, but he was QB fourteen last year in an absolute piece of shit Detroit team. Uh, you throw him with Sean McVay and what the Rams have going on offense. I mean, I honestly think even Sony Michelle going there for them is solid because now you have a couple running backs who can you know you can switch in and keep fresh. Probably will be best case for Stafford too because both those guys can honestly probably perform. I like Stafford. I like Burrow. Those are two guys I would actually take on my team in a fucking heartbeat. I think I will. I think Burrow, as the season progresses, even maybe this preseason game will be huge for him. He'll probably start feeling more comfortable on that knee, but that's what you really have to hope for. Um, I threw myself at six. Uh, I pretty much did that only because, I mean, Tom Brady was a top 10 quarterback last year. Fuck, I mean, they said the guy played on a torn ACL. Like, I actually think that's bogus. But if it is true and that knee was bothering him and we didn't really see much signs of it, but we don't know. So if there is a chance it was actually legit and Tom Brady can, you know, I, I doubt 
in terms of arm strength and all that, I literally doubt Tom Brady looks any different. I bet you he's the same guy we see out there. Like, I have no fucking, I can't doubt this guy anymore, man. I mean, how the fuck can you? He goes out there. I After last year, I'm done with it, man. Like, Tom Brady, for as long as he plays, I don't, I mean, if he has a bad year, you know, I think he's, I think then it's different. But coming off of last year, I cannot not make a case for him being QB1. Um, <laughs> we have innocent Deshaun as our QB2, but that's probably not the case. We instead on the bench have, um, we have three guys, you know, we have Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, and Kirk Cousins. Uh, Cam Newton's obviously going to lose his job. It's just a matter of when. You have a running quarterback, you can place him in for now. And uh, Darnold and Cousins are just two guys with different bye weeks who are, you know, QB2s I'm okay with. And Darnold also, you know, hopefully can just dump it off to McCaffrey a bunch, and I have that. So that's pretty much my reasoning for that. But like I said, though all those teams under me, I really don't have a, I really don't have a problem with any of their quarterbacks. I would have just went with them. But the only problem is um, just some of them didn't have a third one, and, you know, I have a couple on the bench. So at number five, I stuck Furley. And, I mean, honestly, you have to know that he has Pat Mahomes. So right away, he should be in the top five. Um, but I think really the only reasoning I have for him not being higher than that is, I mean, Daniel Jones, yes, he runs, but he was QB 21 last year. Um, yeah, he did miss a couple of games, but he hasn't like really like, you know, been, I like, he's definitely a guy, but I think he's at the same time, a quarterback that you can also, I have him like in that Fitzpatrick range where you, he's probably a guy you want to see like as a bye week fill in. But if that's, you know, but he also has Mac Jones, who I think will win that job soon. But as of right now, you know, he hasn't. So I don't really count that as a backup right now, even though it easily could be. So technically he only has two quarterbacks at the moment. That's literally the only reason he's five, because I'm pretty sure everybody ahead of him at least has like a guy on the bench. And if I'm tossing a burger about that, I'm just going to look stupid. But at number four, I put Rich. And I mean, that's Kyler. It's And you know what, man? I got to own up. I It was only preseason. I'll say that before anything else. But Zach Wilson looked a lot better in preseason than I thought he was going to look. Like, I literally thought, I'm low on Wilson to the point where I thought it was going to be looking ugly in preseason. At least that's what I was hearing out of camp. Like, this, some of the stuff wasn't good. He went out there and he looked like an absolute stud both games. So, I you have to see it translate onto Sundays. But... Um, at least as of right now, he's made me look like a fool. And I'm cool with that because the kid's a little fucking U- kid from Utah who's scared of gang signs and shit. So, like, I don't know. He's kind of easy to root for. But, uh, and you kind of want the Jets to have found their guy also by now. Like, Jesus, it's been a while, man. So, I don't know. That can definitely be a good one. But even if that doesn't pan out, he has Teddy Bridgewater on the bench. So, I mean, he's got his third quarterback. Uh, if Fuck, I don't really want to comment on that. But, I mean, you know, Teddy is, he's our QB. He's Denver's quarterback. And unless he gets hurt or unless he literally plays so bad to the point you see it coming and you'll be able to probably grab Horscock off FA at some point, um, that's when I would start worrying about Teddy. But that is a third quarterback as of right now. So that's why Rich is fourth. At number three, I put Adam. And, I mean, he's got Goff and I, on his bench. And that was like a big thing for me is I think Goff is just a guy this year, man. Like I kind of wanted because I just think Detroit's going to be fucking always behind by a lot. And these guys got to throw the ball. 
and they got to throw it a lot because they're not going to be fucking giving the ball to Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift up the gut when they're down fucking 21. I just don't see it. But then he has Josh Allen. Um, he's a he's a Bills fan. I get it, man, to an extent. But and he was QB two last year. But I'm still taking Pat Mahomes every day of the week. You know, that's just that's just how I would roll in that situation. And honestly, I might even take Kyler over him too. Thousands of toss up. But hey, you pick your guy, man. That's still a disgusting QB one. So what? And then I honestly think Trevor Lawrence is he's the real deal from what I've been able to see so far. I think he's going to be a QB one in fantasy. I don't know. Even in his rookie year, I can see it being a possibility. Uh, I think people are just discrediting Trevor's ability to run still. And I think that's, in fantasy, you'll be able to notice it more when you're actually like, oh, fuck, this guy gets me rushing yards here and there. Like, you know, don't really notice it um, as much when you're just watching uh, and you're trying to focus on his his passing game. But he, he can move, he can pick up first downs, keep drives alive. Shit like that adds up, you know. He's, he's tall, he's lengthy. He might be fucking lethal on QB dives too. Who knows? But yeah, that's that to me are two QBs I really like. At number two, I put Knack. And I mean, I think Lamar Jackson is still Lamar Jackson. And you know, but the main thing for me was like, I think Jameis, holy man, what the, man, what is going on? Oh my God. Not when we're about to talk about Jameis, man. Like, wow. Anyway, my, my reasoning is, I think Jameis Winston is actually looked re- just remarkable. Don't really understand how there hasn't been a decision made there yet. But uh, I actually think, and in fantasy, we all know Jameis is, is a good quarterback. And he has, you know, maybe his eyes are fixed from the fucking LASIK eye surgery. And I think that could be the fucking case. And on his bench, he has... Andy Dalton, who is a third-string QB, another third-string, you know what I mean, for fantasy, and he's probably going to lose his job to Fields real quick. So, I mean, Fields will be just, uh, I don't know, it's, you know, I still think Fields and Lance are both going to be QB1s when they play in fantasy, when they touch the field, so that's kind of my reasoning for that. But number one, it's just impossible not to put Moose at number one. I mean... I really don't even care about the fact he doesn't have a third QB because I can definitely trust by the time he needs a third one, he'll be able to get one. But, uh, man, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, to me, don't really need to go into that much. Like Those are just two real high QB ones, and I think that goes without saying. But next, we're going to go hop into the wide receivers. I mean, just like any other position, the wide receivers, they were really hard to, uh, to you know, pick between. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much my disclaimer. But I'm going to go at number 12 and start here, and um, I'm going with Rich. Um, I think, uh, as Rich would agree, he shot for upside. He went for a lot of upside. And, um, I mean, I, obviously, I love Keenan Allen, but, you know, there's just Marquez Calloway and Devonta Smith uh, are just guys, you know, I'm yet to really see play. And at the, like, you know, at the NFL level on Sundays, at a consistent level for Calloway. And uh, I actually do like Pittman, though. But, I mean, you just I'm just trying to compare it to other receivers in the league. 
And, you know, it's just to me, just uh, compared to other receiving cores, I think I would have rather, how do you say it in a nice way? Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say about that. I don't know. But to put it, like, in nicest, most, with all due respect, I would just rather everybody else's receivers over yours. But it's not that way for running backs and quarterbacks, so, you know, it's not that bad in tight ends. Anyway, moving on to the next one. At number 11, I'm putting Neller. And don't get me wrong. Calvin Ridley is a top five receiver, and I love Chase Claypool. But I really don't know about Jalen Waddle at the three. I mean, Visca's probably the three, I guess. But even then, like, you know, it's like, uh. I honestly viewed Claypool as a guy I would want as my wide receiver three. I wanted, I think what, if I'm, man, I, that noise is actually going to drive me off the fucking wall, like, insane. My God, mom. No respect. Okay, anyways. Um, yeah. So, Claypool is the guy I would want as my wide receiver three. I think where I would have done differently if I was Neller is that Zach Moss pick, I would have went for my wide receiver two, and then I would have went with Claypool as my three on that next pick. But, I mean, he's still receivers are still gross. I mean, I still think they're really solid. But it's just, you know, there's just, I think, a lack of that, that strong, strong receiver two. Claypool can become that. But I think, like, I was, it just felt better if he was my three. I'm not saying he's a wide receiver three, but, like, in terms of, like, mute, like if I wanted to stack receivers, I think that would be the, my, my, my way to go with that. Um, at 10th, I put me. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't really have, like, a true one. It's just kind of two, like, high wide receiver twos and probably lock. I mean, Lockett maybe is a fringe one. I don't know. Thielen's probably a high two or, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's really iffy. And then there's Gallup and Cortland Sutton and DJ Chark. Like, I just don't think it's just the best core. The only thing is, it's like at least there's depth there, and there's a number of them. But, yeah, it's nothing to write home about, you know? So I think that's my reasoning on that. At uh, number nine, I put Brody. Um, Obviously, he had two top ten receivers from last year. I don't. I honestly think Darnold going to Carolina probably going to help DJ more more than hurt him. AB, I am going to consider his wide receiver three, and that's a guy I like. I think that's a guy like people should have targeted in fantasy draft because he's really going to get a lot of looks and targets. Tom trusts him. AB's still, like, good, so I really don't see a problem with that. It's just, like, um, there's definitely some uncertainty with Jamar Chase, and, I mean, Sterling Shepard's definitely solid, too, and especially with Galladay banged up. But I think, you know, it's just it's just more so, for me, preference. And I think there's a lot of, uh, I just think, you know, just Jamar Chase, to me, is, like, a pretty big question mark. And I think he's just taking, like, somewhat of a risk there. But, hey, I think BG would agree on that. And that was the way, that was the way the fucking injured reserve went this year in the draft. But, hey, I, you can't knock it. At number eight, I'm going to put trends. And I think this is where it starts, I mean, it already was kind of close, but this is where it starts getting really close for me. Um, like Terry McLaurin is definitely a true one. I think the only thing for me, Cooks, I'm a little scared of just because, I mean, how much of him, you know, being that good last year was with Deshaun's ridiculous season he put up. Uh, Kenny Galladay has been banged up a little bit, but I mean, if he plays, definitely exciting to watch and see how he performs in that new offense. And honestly, I do like Debo Samuel and I really like, um, 
like at least the fact that he has options on his bench at receiver too. He does have Sammy Watkins. He does have Darnell Mooney. Will Fuller is obviously suspended. So like he did pretty solid. I think it's just more so the matter of that wide receiver two slash three. I mean, it's more so honestly just the fact I'm a little unsure about Cooks. I think that's kind of what scares me in Galladay's injury right now and how like serious it might is. But honestly, it's not that bad. I think it's just really going to start getting close in terms of who has the best receivers at this point. So that's really why he's here. But at number seven, we put Adam and we put the dog fuckers there. But I don't know. I think like, uh, yes, Michael Thomas is a fucking idiot, but I do think he's actually really fucking good when he's playing. He's a wide receiver one. He also has Julio Jones and T Higgins. I think Corey Davis is just going to get all like a fucking huge load of the targets in New York. Zach Wilson says he trusts him, especially when it's one-on-one situations. Um, Nicole Hardman is going to possibly take a jump, but there's also a chance that, you know, I think some people were saying that, you know, maybe he doesn't, but you have to assume that with Sammy Watkins gone, the window of opportunity maybe slightly has increased for Hardman. So that can actually be pretty solid for him. And like I said, I mean, he has Michael Thomas on top of all that waiting to come back in about a month. So uh, I, I think, like, this is pretty fair ranking for him there. Like, I don't think I hate his receivers that much. But next, at number six, I put Knack. And, I mean, Nuke is a clear-cut one. I've never been a huge fan of Cooper Cup, but I'm definitely going to open up to it this year with uh, Stafford in the mix. Like, I definitely think, like, he's just a solid wide receiver, too. But there's always just something every year that happens with Cup. It's either he just starts unreal and then just falls off a cliff or he just is playing good and then gets hurt. Like, there's always something that comes up with him. But as of now, he's a solid wide receiver, too. And I even think Robbie Anderson is great value there, too. Um, I think, honestly, really where it kind of just, like, isn't, you know, best case scenario is where it becomes, like, on the bench, it's Slayton. And then, I honestly think Amon St. Brown can be good, but just, we haven't seen him play yet, so it's kind of hard to say. But there's definitely potential there. Tyler Boyd is a guy I also really like, and he has some at the flex. But, I don't know, overall, like I said, all these teams really around this area, they're this kind of preference. They're real neck and neck. And um, I think pretty much my reasoning for that is just, like, I think some of the other team's bench players, like their bench receivers or depth could have been a little better. I don't know. I was also fucking cooked when I made the rankings, man. Um, at number five, I put Furley. And I think just for Furley, I mean, I think he did a really, really, like, he just absolutely, I think, nailed it when he came to his receivers. I love them. I mean, yeah, <laughs> fuck, I just thought Furley did good in general in this draft. But Evans is his wide receiver one. And then I would say Ayukas is wide receiver two. Judy is his three. And then at flex has Deontay Johnson and Jarvis Landry. Like, that is just two flexes that I love. I mean, I'm not big on Deontay Johnson. We all know that. There's just something in me, man. I don't know what it is. I just hate the fucker. I just hate him. But I look at his numbers, and it's like, okay, I can see why people are high on him. There's no denying that. Me, personally, it's just something in my gut. I don't like him. I don't know, man. But I can't deny the numbers. So I definitely think Burley has a really fucking good receiving core. To be able to have Ayuk and Judy, man, like that's just nuts. Even Deontay Johnson at Flex is just crazy. So, yeah, I stand by it. Stand by it for sure. 
At number four, I put Benny Brews, and I fucking love Benny's receivers because, honestly, Curtis Samuel was a guy I was going to consider keeping. If it weren't for the groin injury, good chance I probably could have had make, made that happen. Not Maybe not with Swift, but like there's a good chance Samuel would have been the keeper over Judy, but this groin injury kind of derailed his value a little bit with him not doing much. But then you have at the top three, like Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, and Juju. Like those are three, you know, receivers you cannot go wrong with. I mean, yeah, Juju was outside the top 30 last year, but with Big Ben all banged up and everything. Like when Big Ben plays, Juju's usually fucking good. So, and then I actually like Marvin Jones too. I mean, like he's underrated, man. I don't know how people realize that Marvin Jones was a top 20 receiver last year. He was ranked 19th. And I mean... Now he's going into an offense with an actual, like, you know, team that could actually fairly well be trailing in some games in the Jags. They have a good young quarterback with a big arm. I mean, Marvin Jones definitely has good value. And then, I mean, if you go to the bench, he has a guy like Jamison Crowder and he has A.J. Green. I mean, A.J. Green, it's a kind of a hit or a miss. It's definitely a risk to see how he performs in Arizona, but it's definitely a guy for now that you can find just like throw on the bench and you know see what happens with him so yeah I mean I definitely like what Benny has going on there at receiver at number three I put Clark and I originally had Clark way lower but then I did not fucking see CD all the way on his IR like a little cheeky bastard so that immediately just bumped him all the way up and I mean I think it goes without saying because Clark has real solid receivers AJ Brown Chris Godwin and CD Lamb and then he has the depth I mean he has a guy like Russell Gage Henry Ruggs T.Y. Hilton Amari Rogers, uh, and Preston Williams could be maybe something. I'm not sure about that. Albert Wilson's looked good in camp, and uh, James Washington maybe gets dealt and goes to somewhere he can be decent. Like there's a lot of receiver depth. Clark just has sitting there on the bench. There's some guys I'm a little like low on there, but you know at least it's there and it's really top end heavy receivers too. Uh, at number two, I put Leg. I really like Leg's receivers. I mean, he went with you know, the bold strategy, and he waited a while on his running backs, but I think, like you will see reflected in the rankings, the two guys who decided to, you know, just stack the wide receivers, which are just absolutely loaded wide receivers, um, the running backs are, you know, at least in the opinion of some, kind of hurting, but I mean, you have Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on the same offense, man. That's that's kind of underrated, and I don't think hasn't been talked about that much. And I think Kelsey, you know, he's just as important as Tyreek in that offense and a wide receiver one. So that's just kind of insane to have that there. Um, and then A-Rob is fucking obviously a wide receiver one. And then you have Odell Beckham, who I think is, you know, you know obviously he's coming back from a scary injury, but... I do think that Odell Beckham's talent, I still would bet on it also. And especially if you're going to be able to plug him in at wide receiver three. He has Jalen Rager. I mean, Jalen Rager is honestly a guy who you really, you know, you're a Philly guy and you believe in him, that he can actually make a step up this year and that maybe he played or performed better with Jalen Hurts actually in. So, and he was also dealing with an injury last year. So see how he performs. And I definitely am a fan of uh Paris Campbell also in the Colts offense and I mean if Cole Beasley gets his fucking vaccination fucking problem under control that guy will actually have just unreal value so like I mean it's just obviously top end heavy again but I think it's just you know Kelsey and Tyreek Hill having the same team even though you know obviously you say oh whatever you guys tight end I mean Kelsey's numbers are just above and beyond but at number one I'm gonna have to throw Moose 
<laughs> demanded the number one QBs and wide receivers. But that's just my opinion on that. I mean, I think he has Marquise Brown at, at his three right now, but personally, I think Robert Woods is his wide receiver three. I mean, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Robert Woods, Hollywood, Mike Williams. I mean, like, I can go and name all the fucking Williams on his bench, but I'm not trying to make me fucking self dizzy. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I think, that no, I can't argue against that. Those, to me, are the best receivers. I'm going to go hop into the running backs. Running backs are really never easy to rank. I think, to me, running backs will always be the most important position. They'll always, to me, have the most value, and you always want guys who are going to get volume. However, if you're the type of guy who wants to go and stack your receivers, I think you have to understand you could be sacrificing yourself at the wide receiver position. But, without further ado, got to rank the receivers, man. I mean, wow, I'm done. Got to rank the running backs. And, you know, the top two guys in the receiver category, you're going to find them at the bottom in the running back category. Um... I think they're pretty much neck and neck. I don't really want to put a 12 and 11, but whatever. Like, if I had to fucking really, really go down and choose, I don't really want to do it. But I would definitely put, like, I think I'm going to put Moose at 12, to be honest, and Legro at 11. But that's just a toss-up, to be honest. I just really think both of them have the worst RB3s, so that's probably going to separate them from the rest. Uh It'll really, then after that, I think, honestly, then you have to stick Rich there. I think Rich has two really solid top two running backs, like, you know, borderline ones in Montgomery and Mixon. Um, but after that, man, I think it's like A.J. Dillon, you definitely want to see how much work he gets now. But I think, like, Trey Sermon is, is it's a matter of um, if, sorry, it's a matter of when, not if, Mostert goes down. But I think until then, you know, you're definitely going to have to wait and see uh, how Sermon performs in that committee. So I think that's kind of why I stick uh, stick him there. At number nine, though, I'm actually, this one's a little tough to do, but I got to go with Truns. Um, Jonathan Taylor is a high RB1. I'd love his volume. I think the guys that Truns has on this bench for Indy, he's not even going to really need them. And they're really just insurance policy. I wouldn't really even worry about them. Uh, Jacobs is also solid. I'm not even really worried about Drake that much either. But it's to me, Daryl Henderson, um, it just seems like the fucking poor world's crashing down on this fucking bastard. The guy hurt his fucking thumb, and then now Sony Michelle's getting brought it in. And then brought it in, I said. Brought in, and the next thing you fucking know, Adam Schefter's talking about, like, Michelle's gonna be the lead back. And I mean, obviously, we have to really see if that's facts. But if it is, and Henderson, you know, becomes in a committee, then... I'd say, again, like, that's kind of a weak RB3. But that's, you know, that's just how I see that. Um, I put the dog fuckers at eight. I think they just have a solid-ass balance, you know, throughout the fucking three. I think where they're going to become a little weaker is actually on the bench because I think James White as that fourth option is probably not ideal. Solid to have because of Damian Harris. But, I mean, Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson, and Damian Harris in this league, that's compared to some other RB3s, you know, I think Damian Harris separates himself in that category, and then that's kind of why I put Sand in the fucking focus here. But then next I put BG, and I mean, honestly, I think, 
maybe my Broncos bias kind of helped this a bit, but I mean, you can't go wrong with Kamara and Dobbins. And I think that Javante Williams is definitely by the end of the year, he's going to no longer be some, I think at the start of the year, RB3 could actually be solid for his value. Uh, by the end of the year, this guy has a chance to be an RB1. So I think like that's kind of hard to, you know, not look at and be excited for. It does depend how he plays. And I mean, other than that, Obviously, there's not, like, a ton of depth. Gainwell is a really, I think, solid-ass handcuff. And, hey, he snagged at the end. He fucking got him for next year as a keeper. So, hey, that fucking counts. At number six, I put Benny. And I think the thing with Benny, what kind of swayed me was I just love the fucking top two. I'm not, like, obviously insane about Eckler, but there's no denying the guy is a running back one and you know it's easy to see James Robinson was RB7 I don't really see anything changing at offense besides them getting better so I mean James Robinson to me is still a fucking RB1 out every day of the week I think and Benny would agree where he wants to improve is probably his RB3 because he's the type of guy who likes to have three gross running backs but James Conner is still a guy who's going to be getting a lot of fucking solid work. And I think a thing I loved is that Benny actually went out there and he was grabbing his handcuffs. And it's actually not a thing you usually see from him. But he went out and he got Justin Jackson and he got Carlos Hyde, which I think if you're a James Robinson owner, Carlos Hyde is going to be crucial. And you're going to kind of be pissed if you see a guy like Carlos Hyde. And you don't pick him up if something happens to J-Rob. So, I mean, like that's 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 solid. And, I mean, other than that, I mean, I don't really think he fucking needs a handcuff for James Conner because if Conner goes down, you're kind of fucked anyway. But at the same time, I know Benny, and I know he's the type of guy who's going to go out and chain and trade for an RB, but I think Conner, honestly, at an RB3 compared to some of the other guys, you can't really go wrong. I think he's actually going to get a lot of goal line, short yardage work, and who knows, he can even maybe prove he's just a better fit in that offense than Chase Edmonds. We're yet to see, but I do like James Conner. I think he's think it's not a terrible RB3, but it's just top-end heavy with Eckler and James Robinson. When you had the back end of those first-round picks in this early second, you know, it's going to help you a lot in a year like this year. And next at number five for running backs, I put Clark. And I think if you have a guy like Derrick Henry, it's going to be hard for me to not put you high just because of the load that guy carries. Um, however, I will say it was tough for me to put Clark this high but the only thing that made me put him this high was the fact he's got four running backs I think that are all going to be able to start in fantasy and I mean Philip Lindsay is the guy you want to own in Houston I think my opinion it's like not even close I think he by he's just going to prove he's just too good with his touches I think at least from what I've seen from him and if he stays the same, he's got that chip on his shoulder still and all the things that I loved about Lindsay, he still has going for him. Only thing that sucks, he's on Houston. But let's be real here. If if the, if we're talking about in terms of the talent there, Philip Lindsay's the best running back by a mile. So, I mean, I definitely think to have a guy like that at Flex or, you know, whatever, Leonard Fournette, whoever you want. But those are guys that at least there's four of them that, and he has that extra guy now. And I think that's huge. And he's obviously got Mike Davis, who's a guy who's going to get all the work as his RB2. You can't go wrong with that. If you're going with volume, Mike Davis is the guy. And of course, Derrick Henry is his RB1. Hard to put a guy in the low end when he has a like, guy like that. Number four, running backs. I put myself, 
I was actually pretty surprised that I landed Gaskin. Um, and I had to keep Swift because he's an RB2. And I mean, you, I wasn't expecting the second round to go the way it did. If I knew it was going to go that way, there's actually a good chance that I would have kept Judy. But, you know, I think at the same time, there's also a chance that me keeping Swift is what caused some of these receivers to start going. So, um, but you have C-Mac who, you know, you can make a case is, you know, probably the best asset in fantasy. And then DeAndre Swift and Miles Gaskin, I think, is solid. And I think underrated is, is Gus Edwards. I was happy to have Gus Edwards. I think he, he takes, like, a decent – and if you have a – you know, you have somebody who's rushing in that Ravens offense, Gus has always proved he can actually be consistent. And you don't even realize he was RB26 until you actually click on his numbers and look at it from last year. He might not get the same opportunity, but there's a good chance he might still be in that ballpark. So I'm not mad at that. And I think at least having that fourth guy, too, kind of helps us out. And hey, we got that Mr. Irrelevant, Mark Ingram, who was getting fucking touches in the <laughs> preseason. You never know, man. He's a beast. <clears throat> and number three, I put Neller. And um, pretty much my reasoning for that is he went with four running backs to start. Did not see it coming at all. Um, but Najee Harris and Clyde are, are RB1s. I'm really high on Najee. I think this is the type of guy we're talking. He can he has like that top five RB upside, to be honest. Um, most of it's good, but I think that's just risky because you know he's down. And if he goes fucking down, you're just giving up on that backfield because you have no one else in that backfield if if he goes down. And there's a good chance he does. And if he does, like then you have to see Sermon and what he does with the role. And then Mostert's role just gets giantly reduced. But I think Zach Moss is also probably the running back I prefer to have in Buffalo, so that's not bad. And especially if something happens to Singletary or one or the other, the other running back is going to become definitely a hot commodity. So I don't know. I just think he's got four running backs that you can start and two RB1s at that. So it's kind of hard to have to put Neller low, and he did a pretty solid job. And you you land a you land guy like Najee in this type of draft, you know, it's fucking that's a guy who you know could have a ceiling like fucking Derrick Henry if we're being honest but Najee's actually involved in the pass catching game but the guy's a fucking bruiser at the same time number two I put Furlano I love what Furley did in the draft man I know it sounds like I'm jerking to the guy but I mean you know what I think he deserves it because he he got a lot of heat for last year he was a rookie he came in and he made some mistakes but this year he made sure he fucking came into the draft and he wasn't going to make the fucking same mistakes of taking James White in the damn third round i mean obviously to have your fourth running back as JD McKissick not ideal but i mean then you go and you realize JD McKissick was running back 27 last year similar situation as in like Gus Edwards like you don't realize but a guy who's taking a little bit of work and he's actually doing doing a lot with it so I mean obviously the RB4 is going to be a little weak but I mean if you land a guy like Melvin Gordon as your RB3 where he did in the draft and then you have two guys at the top end where he landed Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders I mean I don't know I really like what Furley did there but I think undoubtedly you have to say Nack has the best running backs. And as you know, everyone agrees, the, the Trinkler special, he better. He's got the best keeper in the league. But it's facts. And I mean, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, Kareem Hunt, and Kenyon Drake. 
you know, like those are four, there's four of them. And I even think like someone like Giovanni Bernardi also has on the bench and Ramondre Stevenson, where you have to see if guys like this could actually, you know, make an impact, but there's a good chance they could. But I think it goes without saying that Knack absolutely has the best running backs. And, you know, that's just in bow of having an amazing keeper, but you got to give the guy credit because he's looking like he could make a fucking run, man. It's the worst feeling when, you know, you're coming out of the draft and, you know, everybody's always some, for the most part, feeling excited about their team. And, you know, you have to go and then rank them and you just have to make somebody feel like absolute shit about what they did out there. And I just want everyone to know that it ain't like that. And we've all seen that I can be wrong with predictions. We've all seen, like, if you shoot for upside, you know, I think that's where you'll be ranked lower at the start of the year because there's a lot of times when you do that, we don't know what these guys can do yet. And if you your risk pays off, you are going to you know see it pay dividends and you're going to be a good fantasy team. But as of now, i got to roll with what I've seen on the NFL field. So just take that into account. Never easy, but let's do it. At number 12, with all due respect, I put Rich. And I think my reasoning, honestly... It's pretty much the fact I'm not exactly high on the receivers. And I know Waller is there, but I still think I'm just, it's scary. And I mean, Sermon might have, if you're high on him, go for him, right? That's my thing. And that's everyone's thing. So you have to respect it. But me personally, just my opinion, I think it was a slight reach. And I'm just not sure what exact role Sermon's going to have. And even if, like, Mostert goes down early. If this guy comes back, like, will uh, Sermon get thrown into a committee at, like, one of the worst times of the year where you don't want him? Like, if Mostert comes back. Like, and there's a lot of questions that can go on. That Niners backfield's kind of scary. But, I mean, it's close. But it's just, like, I don't know. That's just, like, me having, if I really, really had to pick, I'm just, like, eh. I think the receivers kind of scare me a bit too much along with the, the RB3. But, I mean, at least he does have Kyler, and I think he has actually a good chance to fucking win games behind Kyler, his two running backs, and Waller. And I think that, you know, there's honestly a lot of upside on this team. If half of it even pans out, you know, it's a good fucking team that's going to make noise. But, you know, that's just what I did there. But at 11, with another team that shot for upside, I put BG. And, I mean, I think obviously just like Rich's team, like if half of these guys hit, you're going to have a good fantasy team. But the problem with it is I haven't seen Pitts play. I haven't seen Jamar Chase play. And then I think at the same time, you know, then you go and you're like, okay, well, those guys don't pan out. Hopefully you have some people on the bench that you can rely on. But at the same time there, it's just guys that we haven't seen play. So it's like, it could literally work. But at the same time, it could literally blow up in his face. And I think at the same time, if I'm unsure about guys, it'd be unfair. But, you know, we know BG, we know BG's a threat in fantasy. So he always finds a way to turn it around. And if it does seem to be that some of these guys upside isn't going in the direction he thought it would, you know, he'll make trades and you know, he'll be able to, to put a roster out there. But for now, I put him at 11. When we're coming into number 10, though, I actually decided to throw the man Tyler Legro here. I actually am a fan of the QBs, but you know what? And the receivers and having those two KC targets is huge. But I don't really like the flexes with Rager and Jonu Smith right now. Not a huge fan of that. And I think the running backs are obviously just pretty low end. So I just think that's 
kind of a reasonable ranking for Leg in comparison to everyone else's position right now. And then I put Clark at nine. And I think my reasoning for that is also like, I think it's just, yes, there's four um, running backs there. But it's more so three of those running backs. I mean, no, it'd be disrespectful to say that to Mark Davis. Mark, oh my goodness, to Mike Davis. But um, Lenny Fournette and Lindsey, although I think Lindsey is the guy who you want to own, it doesn't change the fact that he might actually get his workload bit into and there could be a fucking full-blown committee there. Fournette also couldn't be a full-blown committee. The fact that Derrick Henry's there obviously makes his team like a threat and he's got also really good receivers. The Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb stack, if Dak is all healthy and good to go. Obviously, like I said, it's really tight at this point. But I think just, you know, me and my running backs, it always has a slight bias on me. So with a couple guys there in a committee, that's that's my reasoning. But I will say, I do think an underrated flex play is Henry Ruggs. I saw a thing today that said, listen, we all know Big John Gruden likes to talk. But he did say he wants to prove Henry Ruggs was the right pick ahead of Judy and C.D. Lamb. If you want to do that, you got to fucking scheme up a special role for this guy. Ruggs could actually be a good sleeper. And I actually was shooting. You know, maybe I'm just picking on Clark because he fucking stole half of the guys I wanted, like, right before I picked. Like, it was it was getting pretty fucking annoying at one point. Like, like I was mad. Pretty fucking mad. Anyway, fuck that. <clears throat> number eight. I put trends here at number eight. I think my reasoning for that is, I think I kind of said... There's some of the receivers I'm a little, like, kind of scared of, but they could easily be good still. I think at the same time, the quarterbacks, um, despite Herbert having that high ceiling, I think that Fitzpatrick's also a low end. And, I mean, yes, there is, but I think a thing I didn't really give as much credit as I should have is he has really, like, solid depth, and he has handcuffs, um, and his receiver depth is really good, obviously. I think he has to trade one of these Dolphins receivers and try to switch something up, get a new team in there. And I think the Henderson situation, we have to wait and see how it plans out. But I think right now, if that RB3 was better, this is a, this is a lot better team. I think that's kind of just making me scared right now. Like, I think Henderson could be good, but I don't know. It's just scary to just see what is, what's happened in the last 24 hours or a little more than that. But that's the reason in there. But it's not even a bad team, to be honest. But at 7, I put the dog fuckers. Not the dogs, the dogs. Uh, I think this, the running backs are like solid. You got three really good ones you can rely on. His receivers, especially when Michael Thomas comes back, they're going to be fucking good. And I think he actually got like some fucking like late end fucking guy. Like a guy like Terrace Marshall is going and Gabe Davis, if Gabe Davis figures out, you know, to stay away from fucking Cole Beasley and everything. There's a good chance that like there's actually some decent flex plays over here on this team too. And I actually think that, you know, could have been a worse job. I mean, the dog fuckers actually do sometimes come out of the draft with a damn good team. But sometimes it just gets ran to the ground. And I mean, it happens to the best of us. But you really want to see the dog fuckers be able to just make a fucking, just have a, a powerhouse type season. And just see the dog fuckers just dog fuck everybody. But I think that honestly, 7 is a fair ranking as of right now. At number six, I put Ben. Honestly, I think Ben would have been a lot higher, but for me, it's just the fact that I'm a little iffy on James Conner. Other than that, I mean, I think he kind of hit on everywhere else where he needed to hit. I think he's got actually really good fucking receivers. He's got two RB1s. He would upgrade that James Conner situation. He's got all the QBs he needs. He has a gross tight end and George Kittle. 
And he has options on the bench like Noah Fant, if he wants to plug in Adrian Green, Jamison Crowder, you know, like there's guys. And he obviously has a way more bench spots right now. That he doesn't even have the full team filled in. So I think that's a fair ranking. I mean, that's how the man sees it. But above him, I put his brother. So that might hurt him a bit. But I did put Neller here. I mean, man, it's hard to not put Neller here just because, he, you know, he's just really stacked at fucking RB and obviously has a guy like Ridley. But to, I just would have loved if he could rewind time and take a receiver at that Zach Moss pick. And you know what? I do have the mock draft on my phone. Sorry, not the mock, the actual, the actual one. And I want to see real quick here because it went this way, this way, this way. Uh, you see what I mean, though? Because <clears throat> he took Zach Moss over Amari Cooper, Robert Woods, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Thielen. I would have loved to see Neller have a guy like that on his team instead of Zach Moss. And then his team would have looked like Najee, Clyde, um, Mostert. Even if you don't want to take Mostert, you take Zach Moss, and then you take a good receiver over Mostert, you know? And then, you know, and then you actually would have had receivers like Redley, Claypool, and then a other ghost receiver like Amari or somebody or Robert Woods. I would have actually thought the team would have looked a lot better. I don't know why that one pick's just throwing me off because I just don't like the look of Waddle as a wide receiver three right now. You know what? It's still a fucking gross team. So, like, and he had an unbelievable keeper and it's still going to be a strong team. So, at number four, I put myself, I honestly would never like to do this. I don't like putting myself, like, remotely high. However, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit this year because I think I did a good job. I don't want to jerk myself off and get into any of that, but that's just me being honest. Like, that's just me being straightforward and honest. Moving on. Number three, I put Moose. And you know what? This, to me, was impressive because the guy has, in my opinion, the worst running backs in the league, but he has a top three team. And it's so weird, but his receivers are just so stacked. His fucking quarterbacks are stacked. And it's just the type of thing that you know, it's just weird like that. Moose didn't have any fucking running backs last year, but he still had a good team. And, you know, he was still making a push. It could be the same this year. I definitely think you're going to see his quarterbacks make up for the fact that his RB 2 and 3. <laughs> you know, it's definitely tough. But I would think over time, if maybe Michael Carter even remotely pans out, then the receivers will make up for it. The quarterbacks will make up for the point differential. It's just too much of a difference at the quarterback and receiver position. Like, you have the best of the best in those two positions. You're going to have probably a good team. Number two, I put Furley. And congrats, he made a jump from, fuck, what, like 11 positions from last year's draft, post-draft rankings? I don't know what it is, man. I love, the, I love Furley's team. I think he absolutely nailed it. I mean, you get Melvin Gordon in the eighth. That's just ridiculous. I don't understand. <clears throat> the value is just great there um, as an RB3, especially for where you can grab him, obviously, as I've said. And then you have just really good receivers. He has his quarterbacks. He has, like, a top-end one, another one that could put in run. And he just has good like good running backs, like and especially two RB1s. I mean, you can make a case. Maybe Sanders is a high two. But, like, still, for our league, you know how it works with running back value. That's just unbelievable to have. And I think Furley hit it out of the park in this draft. I think... If he's not going to be in the playoffs this year, it's going to be because of injuries or him making dumb trades. And But it happens to the best of us. Fuck, I'm probably going to do the same. But if he actually keeps this team intact, then he, you know, I can probably put on, you know, a good bet that it's going to be a playoff team. 
and maybe could be in the past the semifinals. But number one, I did put Knack. There's really just the best running backs. He's got really good receivers, good quarterbacks. I mean, he didn't even need to pick a tight end, man. And he still got a fucking good one. I think it goes without saying that Knack was going to have most likely the best team. He did have the best keeper going in. And in, you know what? It just remains to be seen. The storyline, will he be able to keep this team together? Will he be able to keep a team competitive like this? And will he be able to keep it a fucking powerhouse? We've seen this man go from RB keeper to RB keeper that we're like, holy fuck. Every year I'm scared of Knack going into the draft because of his damn keeper. But could this be the fucking year that he puts it together and he gets a fucking ring? As of right now, my rankings say so, man. But you know what, boys? That's going to be it for this episode. It was really tough to fucking do and pin the boys against each other. I know everyone loves to draft and you're happy after the draft and to hear that you're, you know, ranked in the bottom three from fucking some guy. You might even think you have a better team than me and I'm telling you you're 12th. And they're like, how the fuck do you put yourself fourth and I'm fucking 11th or something? No hard feelings. Every there's a lot of fucking teams. If we were, if you were to say, hey, let's trade all these positions straight up for these, I'd be like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Like it's close enough, hey. So my next episode will be the Tuesday or Wednesday before Week One. That will, I believe, be either the seventh or the eighth of September. There won't be an episode next week as it's going to the last preseason week. Not, don't really want to cover. Like we'll be able to keep up with the news ourselves and everything. No fantasy games or anything. But I will be back with another episode on the 7th or the 8th. And we will go through the weekly predictions. We'll obviously have a new set of power rankings. Anything can happen. Trades can happen. Injuries can happen from here until then. But until then, my friends, you know, have a great day, guys.